Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at doyouconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. I'm here all the way from Florida and from Pennsylvania, we have Jackie. Hi, good to be back. <laughs> so there were a couple episodes where I either didn't do an intro or I tried to abbreviate the intro just to shake things up. And yeah. I actually had three people through different means message me and say, don't do that. Everything else oh, is man. changing. I need your intro and music. Oh, and I need everything your... to oh, and it's, it's 94, I... episode 94. Did I say that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We, want, we want the normalcy here. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Especially right it's, now. It's back. Yeah. And we're always from Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. So that's normal. Like this is, yes. this is where yes. we are. But yeah, we're well yep. represented. Well, let's uh, jump into story time. There's no shortage of, of content. And so we're going to keep splitting these episodes up to get them out sooner. I think we've had four in the last two weeks-ish. So we'll try to keep this concise. But Jackie, why don't you get yeah. started with story time for us? I'll dive right in. So mine is just something within the last week or two I've noticed. I personally have like a email that I use for all my important things. And I'm sure, I don't know if this is just me or if you guys do the same thing, but I have my own junk email where I use to sign up for rewards and discounts and just every type of retailer and different companies under the sun. And I will admit, I've been fascinated in a way to see, you know, I, I pull up my my email right here. And in my junk email, that's what I call it. I have 400 (laughs) emails just from the last couple days and going through. That's a lot of shoe sales (laughs) related (laughs) content. I have a lot of emails and I've been fascinated to go through and see how different industries and companies, especially right now, where we know with everything that's going on, how they're approaching it from a marketing standpoint and how they're continuing with their email messaging, their ways of trying to capture attention when everybody and their mother is sending out some type of an email right now. And I was a little disappointed to see so many of the same constant. Like I know Kevin and you know, you mentioned this before, like that copy and paste, like, you know, everybody's sending a letter from the CEO and everybody's, mm, you know, yeah. sending their new stance on the the situation right now, which, you know, part of me thinks yeah. like there's certain companies like phone cases that should just not be involved or, you know, just different services that are just kind of stay in your own circle or your own little corner. But quick thing that kind of caught my eye is the difference between over communication, whether it's a company that I'm getting an email every single day for an update, which I could easily go and turn the TV on at this point or open up my, the internet and get the same thing. But with email, yeah. I've noticed the difference of trying to be a lot more cognizant. I've noticed the ones I'm not getting constant emails, I'm noticing more of because it's not the same one I'm scrolling down through and seeing. And also ones that aren't capitalizing on a certain situation. You know, if I can't leave my house, I don't want to have a discount this week if I go and visit your store. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. it's yeah. very uh-huh. interesting whether it's. Sorry, you just you sparked something in my brain that I know I will forget. Yeah, I think there's confusion. This goes with ads and email communication. We're trying to put all the information in the email. 
too, yeah. versus pushing it back to the site. Because then you think about the number of builders who started out by saying, eh, we're fine here. Don't, thanks, that's cute. Thanks for checking in, but we don't need to adjust anything. And then four hours later, they're like, hey, we're going to one-on-one appointments only. And then the next morning, it's, hey, we're going to go to virtual only. And just how fast everything is shifting. And mm-hmm. so part of this is being true to your company's brand and, and what makes you different and unique as you're communicating all things, virus-related included, if you choose to do so. But the other is, how easy would it have been to just do a, a shorter, sweeter email that said the basics and said, so click here to see how we are handling the situation mm-hmm. or how we've improved the ability for you to shop for a home in today's environment. And just taking them to a blog post or a page that could have been updated versus having to send out oh, I agree. additional communication on basically the same idea. Well, it's, it's kind of back to what we've always talked about, that foundation of impulsivity in our market, in our industry, and how easy it is to get hyper over something yeah. like this <laughs> and hit that constant you know send button. But I think more than ever, because there's a lot of people doing that, this is your time to shine in a way, sometimes less is more than anything. So, you know, I have really... I think we're talking again about mass communication, not one-on-one individual Mm -hmm. and communication. That needs to be prioritized more so. Right. uh, But unique to each and every situation. Yep. And I think that goes hand in hand with, you know, if everybody, different things are happening with the changing of budgeting and different advertising. I mean, that doesn't mean then hype up and then ramp up your mass. Oh, no, it means, it means post something organically every five seconds because yeah. everyone's at home and, yep. and waiting for your content. And I agree. They want more of it. They want more. <laughs> let, me just, let me just say this. I'm all for, again, communicating oh, who you are and what makes you unique and different. Mm-hmm. But it just hit me as I watched one person overtly just trying to be hilarious to people shopping for a home. And I'm like, even if you're trying to be funny, which it was, it was funny. Uh, if you took it out of the vacuum of of where it was and who it was communicating to, it was it was it was entertaining. But there are professional comics right now mm-hmm. on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram doing live streams of their entire set that they used to charge you know a hundred dollar ticket for. There will always be someone funnier than you, and so if you're trying to compete for funny, like it strikes me as odd that we would try to beat other people who are professionals who are putting out that kind of content and communication, unless it's hyper-local to your own market. Yeah. I think too, if I see one more company with the running joke of, if you come and get this, we'll give you a free roll of toilet paper with your... You know what I mean? Like That's happening a lot here. Hey, you always find the good stuff on Zillow. Can you do a Zillow check? Because I'm sure... Remember when they were putting... Yeah. All the Pokemon yeah. characters photoshopped uh-huh. into listings. I guarantee you someone's putting toilet, toilet paper. paper. Hiding the toilet paper. You're right. Uh-huh. That's going to be something I look for then. Andrew, what about you? Oh, man. Well, I'll, I'll go like polar opposite direction. So <laughs> I made French toast the other day. Um, and I usually cook in, in my house. This has nothing to do with anything. But I'm usually the one that cooks. And I always have been. Like going back years and years, I've always enjoyed cooking. And decided I'm definitely a, a French toast person. It's, it's just dawned on me like I don't really ever order right. waffles or, or pancakes. And I'm like, is there a category for us French toast people where we might be more sophisticated, right? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. It's kind of like Switzerland. It's um, Switzerland. As, as long as you make it correctly. You know, Correct. We talked about this 
we did uh, pre-show. As, yeah. as long as you are soaking the bread long enough for the for the whatever you call it mixture to soak through the entire slice of bread, I'm all for it. But if if I eat French toast from you and there's just normal bread in the middle, yeah, because you spice it too thick and didn't let it sit, get me out of here. Cut, yeah, cut off. I'll be done. I'll be done. So the- I did. I I also got a text for my wife who to say stop ordering. You know, some people are hoarding toilet paper. I am hoarding. Uh, professional pancake mix and maple syrup. <laughs> <amazing>. So we <laughs> literally every time we get something from the store, up. You've got your... I'm doubling down. I think I've got an eight month supply just because that's, it makes me happy. That's yeah. awesome. We're talking about food and, and good things that we eat. I think graham crackers too are also a a staple, right? Those have oh, not, yeah. there's been no issue getting those. I keep saying, no. that, right? People I love them. There you go. You're You're lucky. You're like, you're missing out. There. It can double, it can double duty as a pie crust in a, in a pinch too. That's true. I, mean, I feel so like it could be like in French toast somehow that might be not true. Oh yeah. Graham cracker toast, crusted French toast. Yeah. That, that yeah. might be a thing. Like brown Kevin, sugar, butter. I, French toast. I'm laughing because if I end up getting any kind of pancake mix in a couple years, I'm going to know where this originated. Yes. It's like the yes. stockpile you've had started now. Well, one of, uh, one of, the people I've gotten to know over the last couple of years working here at Do You Convert sent me a pound bag of premium pancake mix oh. from a bed and breakfast somewhere in Washington State. Like, that's <laughs> the most fun thing about being known for nothing other than pancakes and maple syrup is that I do get a lot of really fun, interesting things to try. That's that nice. you guys are sending me. So keep keep sending it to kevin everybody yeah. this yeah. is good yeah. and then the second part of my my random thoughts that are on my brain is like i think it's it's super important to be comfortable with your fl- platforms maybe like say google and facebook not necessarily always having to be like hey i know this how to do the strategy how to click every single button in there but just the basics i i think is just super important for marketers to know how to do which sounds really obvious because it's like hey you're a marketer you should know how to pull daily spend for the past week or, or whatever you're trying to pull even more. So now when that request might come in at like 11 o'clock at night to, Hey, I need to make this right. change. Even though there, you might be working with a vendor who that's their responsibility to manage. I think now it's like, Hey, that's, that's like, even though it might be 5%, 10% of your yeah. job, yeah. like just knowing those basics in there. And I think the only way to do that is just jumping in there and breaking things and then doing, <laughs> just yeah. confirming yeah, like, which know, is you can, how you learn. You can skip that way. webinar on how to fly a drone right now for real estate Correct. and instead figure out how you can pull some of that basic information. Yeah. You know, if you're like, hey, I turn it on, I turn it off, just like you would with any other job where you're like, hey, we're training the shutdown of this piece of equipment. It's the same deal. Like, what, what does that process look like? Or like, hey, how do we measure things? Yep. Same thing. Yep. yep. That's it. I got a whole bunch of stuff, but I will try to go fast. The first is a big thank you to the folks at Enter Now. They saw a blog post that I wrote about not getting chocolate cake for my birthday. My daughter made a, a maple bacon cake, which was amazing and is now amazing. the new family tradition. But my Ooh. mom has a chocolate cake recipe that is pretty killer. It's, it requires buttermilk and real chocolate Ooh. to melt into the oh, frosting. It's, it's incredible. But we didn't have that. So instead, we, my daughter came up with the idea of maple bacon, which was, again, fantastic. But it was, I think, Saturday afternoon, and I get a call from an unknown number, and I answer, and she's like, yeah, I just want to let you know I'm going to be bringing your cake over. I was like, excuse me? What are you talking about? And so um, the folks at Internet sent me a chocolate cake, a chocolate bunt cake Stop uh, from, from a famous bakery here. Yeah, and she did appropriate social distancing. She was wearing gloves, dropped off the cake on the porch and smiled and waved and then ran off to that go. That is the best Saturday ever. 
Yeah, the kids are just like, they could care less what I do. They, they, they don't care about how much money I make. They just want to know, can everyone get a job where people send you desserts on a regular basis? Oh, this is, man. This is so thank you for that. That's awesome. It was a bright spot for sure. Ooh. The other thing is, and this is for the managers, especially managers and company owners that are listening, sales managers and marketing managers. With your team and with folks who work for other teams, you need to be able to respond to people's emotions but manage to the numbers because those things are kind of split right now. People have a wide range of emotions around almost everything right now because of the heightened tensions of, of life that a lot of people feel. And so you have to respond to those emotions because they are real and genuine and you have to engage and lead people through that properly. But at the same time, you have to keep an eye on what the real numbers and the real data are saying. And I've got kind of two flipped versions of the same story, or, or maybe just different takes of the same idea. But I had a call with someone this week where the online team was really, the online person was really struggling with their emotions and, and the roller coaster ride that they felt like they were going through. And their call volume had dropped. They did have less leads coming in. But I said, hey, let's just do a quick check. The last week and a half, so this like March 16th through Tuesday, the following Tuesday, compared to the first week of March, the same number of days, same days of the week. Let's just look in the CRM at what we've really got going on. And two weeks ago, they had 31 scheduled appointments, including cancellations of appointments. And in the most recent time period, they had 21. And I was like, yes, that, that is lower. But I feel like I've said this 10 times between all the different webinars and things. But if I told you that you couldn't buy bread, milk, or chicken, all the schools were shut down, there were no professional sports, and half of the country was in lockdown, and you were still going to get 29 scheduled appointments for the week, yeah. you would think I was smoking yeah. something. It's pretty you said, good. <laughs> no, I would get, I would get two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, you yeah. got to respond to the emotions. They're real. They're genuine. You can't ignore them, blow them off, and just come back with them and say, oh, well, you know, you got 21 appointments, the world isn't ending. You can't just, you can't just do that, but you have to balance both as a leader. The other example was just this morning, someone saying, you know, our walk-in traffic has gone from 155 last week to 10 because they shut down the models pretty much. Right. And I'm worried about how my CEO may react to that number and what kind of shock mode that may put them into. I was like, Hey, let's, let's just go look at analytics. You're only down 6% web traffic in those same time periods of most recently to the first week of March. And crazy enough, we go into the CRM, they've scheduled 29 appointments in the same time period that two weeks ago, they scheduled 21. Wow. So you just have to keep going back to the numbers at the same time you're managing emotions. And this is a, a pro tip that hit me yesterday on a couple of calls with people. In 2008, we learned really fast that it was a dumb idea for a sales leader to ask the question, how is your traffic? Or to email out every Monday morning, here's our traffic counts, just want to let everybody know. Because it was always going down in very low, sad numbers. Hmm. And so then everyone realized over time that it was all about conversion. It didn't matter how many walk-in traffic units we had. If we got two people in and one of those went to an appointment and eventually a sale, you got a sale and, yeah. and we have totally lost. There's two main trends. And I know I, I got on my soapbox back in January and February about this, but it's coming home to roost. The two main trends that I saw happening is one, this mass obsession with 
communicating how much activity was happening of a weekly email or in sales meetings. Here's how many people went to our website. Here's how many people are leads. Here's how many traffic units. Here's how many appointments in mass and public instead of focusing on conversion. And the other, and this is going to be controversial and I'm sorry, but I, I've seen, I'm seeing it happen is that due to sales volumes increasing dramatically due to market conditions, a lot of marketing in today's world is led by someone with a predominantly sales background. Mm-hmm. And sales is not prepared to... I, I was on a call with someone else and, and Mike was talking to the sales leader about who was saying, hey, so much of my time right now is just managing the team and their emotions. And, and I was like, you know, this is when I can check out as a marketer and, and I'm going to go to my quiet spot for 15 minutes, let you guys sort out your emotions and then I'll come back. And I joke because so we, we have to be yeah. involved in it too. But sales leaders are not going to be as mentally prepared in a lot of cases to shift to a dramatic reduction in market conditions like we're seeing. They're more likely to be panicked and to, and to make knee-jerk reactions. And so it's just a check. If, you're, if, you've, if you are one of those people that has a predominantly sales background who's in charge of marketing, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just saying reach out to someone around you who has a stronger marketing background, even if there's someone on your team maybe who works for you, and just rely on them a little bit more as a sounding board before you knee-jerk uh, kickstart out something out there. I love that. Two more quick things. One is that I'm apologizing to anyone that I know personally who may be listening to this, that I am completely an antisocial person after normal work hours or unless you're a builder partner of mine. I do not want to hop on. I mean, I want to in, a, in practice or in my head of hop on a social hour Zoom call and have some virtual drinks with my friends or whatever else. But I just, after, after six to eight hours of talking on camera, mm-hmm. I can't do it. And so I, I feel a little bit like I'm, I'm a social mi- misfit in my personal life right now because I just don't want to get on another Zoom call. No, I don't, I'm, I I'm with you there. And I'm not even on a whatever percent, percent of calls yeah, with you. I'm like, I'm like, good. I just don't want like, to be on the internet. You yeah, know, when we were talking yesterday. Super true. Super true. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And then my last point is... I. I just want to remind you, this goes a little bit into what Jackie was talking about with your story time, is that there's a difference between being known, you know, grabbing people's attention simply because it's out there. And we're going to get into this in, in an art news article this week as well. And being known for something. I just think uh, there's so much hysteria again right now of everyone's sitting at home and they're on social media. And that's true. We're going to point to a news article there. But what is your circle of influence? What, is, what topics do you and should you be focused on and doubling and tripling down on that versus simply trying to become internet famous because there's more people using the internet? Mm-hmm. And, and I think you've really got to be strategic with that because you do have not necessarily a lot more time, but you have different time today to invest in potentially different ways and is to just don't knee jerk it. Sit down and be strategic and then go. Get For sure. Done. Is that uh, a candid question on that? To me, and this is my thought on, uh, we're talking about COVID or whatever, like really no builder needs to directly address COVID or make con- content directly talking about it, in my opinion. Maybe that's strong. As far as like not in, the Not in an entertainment thing. format, I don't yeah, think. Like, right? like even, yeah, yeah, like you don't, you just don't have to. Like that's not like your role. That's not you. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm like, I, focus I, on so content me- on the site, like how to shop better, not. I actually think it's easier to talk about the ways that I've seen people do it right because the ways that I'm I've good. seen people do it wrong is infinitely 
more numerous. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. But one of the builders we work with is an on-your-lot builder, and they posted an article that I could see people genuinely wanting to know the answer to. How could I virtually or in person be looking for land right now if I want to eventually build on my own lot in the future? Ooh. That's perfect. Right? And yeah. it so, is. That, that, that's, that's a question. That, what is the potential impact on mortgages and mortgage rates over the next month or two due to the current situations? Again, you don't necessarily have to name the virus specifically, but I think those, those kind of things are awesome. I, I, yeah, that's just not what most people are doing. They're simply, it's, it's, it's some version of juggling on the street corner saying, look at me, look at me. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but you should look at me, you know? Agreed. Yeah. That's yeah. And that content that builder made can be used forever. Like it's, so it's not exactly. Like it's, and it's not selfish. I think maybe that's the word that yeah. better defines it. It's like not about it's content you. for the, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's not overly pitchy. It's not like that sales, like this is why you need to come to us or, you know, yeah. it's just, it's a great question. I love that. Yeah. And I think maybe we just do story time and ax one of the articles here because this, this is good. The other thing that we saw a lot of this past week was people emailing and calling and texting saying, we're getting pushback on this whole virtual appointment thing. The customers don't like it. They don't want it. And as I looked at their communication, it was all about, it was just trying to literally sell a virtual appointment. This is the next step. You should take this step now. Here's all the ways you can do it. You should, you should, you should, you should. Instead of it being about the customer and saying, here's, we have additional options for you to continue your new home search if you still are looking to purchase a new home in 2020. Totally different. But customers were rebelling and saying, I don't want that. And here's something comical that hit me on another call today is I think a a virtual sales appointment in the the idea of a Zoom or a GoToMeeting or a screen share where I can see you, you can see me, and we're having a conversation is in some ways a higher level of commitment for the customer to make than walking through a model home and agreeing to sit down in your office for five minutes. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. in... Even I think, um, thinking back to when we start with newer builder builders who are not used to being on camera, mm-hmm. I think even for them, like, they're like, hey, this is kind of like, it's oh, yeah. uncomfortable. Like, can, like, it's a hey, little bit your, weird. Yeah. <laughs> hey, turn this your camera on. exactly how it goes with about half the people is we're like, yeah. hey, can you turn your webcam on? Oh, I don't have a webcam. And we're like, no, we can tell. Go to meeting says you have one. <laughs> we can see it there. I don't know how to turn it on. Okay. Well, you hit this button. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I'm not ready. I don't look right for it today. You know, yeah. that's how it goes. And now so there's, there's definitely that part, Andrew, but what I think is, is also going through people's minds is how do you get out of a virtual appointment if you don't like where it's going? Yeah. Ooh, if true. you're in a real model home, you're like, all right, well, thanks a lot. We've got to go to the soccer game. We got to go to the store. We've got reservations to a restaurant. You, th- there's a million different excuses you can make to get out of there. Yeah. If you're on a virtual call that was scheduled for 45 minutes and after 15, you're, you're thinking, I don't want to do this. I guess you can blame it on your Wi-Fi or unplug the computer, but then the salesperson is still likely to be dogging you saying, hey, I know thing we dropped. I'm ready to keep going. Like I, yeah. I'm not saying everyone's thinking this through that logically, but there are certainly people I've talked to who are like, I just, that seems like a really steep level of commitment. And we should certainly say, although I think this episode may not go live uh, in time, Mike Lyon and Steve Passanelli from BombBomb are are doing part one of a two-part virtual sales. And they're going to be going into more of this thinking and ideas and, and tactical what to do. We opened up registration for that around 
nine o'clock last night and we have over 800 people registered so far. And this may be a first, and it may be a first for us anyway, of the most that we can handle is 3,000 people. I was going to say, what version of GoToWebinar or whatever, I don't try to think of even technology you use. The tool that we're using, the most we can get to is 3,000. So I know it sounds weird to say, grab a seat while you can for a virtual event, but mm-hmm. we may have to do like a second stream of it because this is a little bit different in that we're encouraging regular new home sales folks as well as their managers to attend. Uh, and because you can't set yourself up in a conference room to all watch together, it's going to get a little bit crazy, I think, in terms of... But there'll be more tips like that coming through in terms of buyer psychology and different approaches other than, I keep saying this too, your normal sales process plus Zoom is not the answer. Mm-hmm. It, it will be... A few small cases of a percentage of the time, but most of the time it's going to be something different. Yeah. All right. Shifting over to the news, the first article from Reuters, which I always want to say Reuters. Reuters, me too. Like, uh, I'm getting better. Reuter. Yeah. <laughs> Is Facebook says coronavirus hits advertising sales. Hmm. And interesting. This was published on March 24th. And they said, hey, we don't monetize many of the services where we're seeing increased engagement. And we've also seen a weakening in our ads business in countries taking aggressive actions to reduce the spread of COVID-19. So again, this is what's so bizarre. When I show people on our calls that their ad impressions are going up and I ask them why, the universal answer so far, 100% of the people have said, well, that makes sense because everyone's sitting at home spending more time on social media. And that's true. But that is not why we're getting more ad impressions. It's because no one's advertising, not travel. I mean, basically e-commerce and e-commerce related companies and the staple items that people feel like they have to have. But even though people are spending more time in those places that are on lockdown, in essence, because of the virus, they are not seeing the ad dollars follow that attention. Yeah, it's also interesting seeing the, uh, the cost per impression, the CPM drop quite a bit as well, mm-hmm. which would be yeah. like, you know, it's all auction-based, demand-based. So if there's, you know, more demand, it goes up and go up and up. And if there's less demand, then the CPM in theory should be dropping, which neat. Look, like it's, it is dropping. It's not, I'm sure Facebook has some dial that they could be like, yeah, let's bump it up a little bit and see if we can make more money. But it's like 30% lower. I don't know. It depends on where in the country and, and all that stuff. But yeah, that's really interesting seeing that as well. Yep. And just for the sake of time, we've got another article from adexchanger.com. Similar idea. Facebook and Twitter are up to their eyeballs in COVID-19 engagement, but they can't make money off of most of it. And even Twitter has seen, I believe it says at the end here, 23% increase quarter to date in daily active users. But it had to pull its financial guidance because there's not enough advertising to be able to to predict just how much money they're likely to lose. Wow. So... Interesting. Uh, I think one of the things that we're talking through with a lot of our builder partners is is this concept of a pre-landing checklist and then a a pre-takeoff checklist. As things slow down, what is the order of, of what you shutter or scale back dramatically on? What do you need to do to prepare for a landing? A a very short, but probably very painful quiet period that that is still likely to be on the horizon. And then how do you do that pre-flight checklist so that you can take off and stay ahead of the market as it comes back? And this is the only prediction you will hear for the next week anyway from me on this is I believe that demand is going to be what they call a V-shape. So 
dramatically down and then dramatically up. I think demand for housing will be a V-shape. I think supply of housing due to labor and material shortages is going to be more of a U or what they call an L, where it's just going to take a dramatically longer amount of time for that to come back. But I think demand will be a V. And so those builders who have inventory and, or can continue to build inventory uh, with the right safety guidelines are going to be in good shape. And prices are likely to increase dramatically, which again, could be good for profitability as long as you don't overpromise and overcommit mm-hmm. on a move-in date. And, and also don't sell too far out ahead of your, your own ability to, to get things done. For sure. All right. The last one from searchenginejournal.com, because uh, we have to have equal time here. Sometimes people complain that we talk too much about social. So coronavirus's no. impact on Google ads and affiliate sales from March 18th. And this one was really interesting because even the companies that you think would be spending a lot on advertising right now, like Amazon, are not because they don't need to. <laughs> they don't. Basically, <laughs> Amazon no, is not. You're right. They, you, you can't in a lot of places get a prime shipment in the 15 minutes to two hours like it used to be. Uh, mine, basically, you can't order anything off of Prime Now, which is their instant delivery service. It just says, nope. No times available for delivery in the near future. They're really focused on you know the staple items that everyone's looking for and groceries. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Amazon used to bid on almost anything that you would type in to be like, you can buy that on Amazon. Yep, like dynamic. And that is mostly gone. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. And they even showed in this article, there's this great view of the Google Trends data on things like yoga mats and Apple AirPods and what that looked like before it in terms of how much demand uh, they were top sellers on Amazon, those two items. And now toilet paper is <laughs> orders of magnitude oh, search man. for more than either one of those items, like 150% oh or 150 yeah. times more than that. Wow. And so all these shifts are going to create opportunities out there. And we know that Google needs to become a higher priority for builders as things adjust. But even within that bigger statement, you know, as for an example, if you did sell Apple AirPods and you did have the ability to ship them or you had a knockoff version of that product, now you don't have to bid against Amazon anymore. And mm-hmm. so you can read between the lines of opportunity there if you're, <laughs> if you're not one of our builder partners. We're going to keep that one to ourselves for a little bit. For sure. All right. Anything else? that we need to cover. I think that's it. Anything fun and exciting? No, I think we did all the fun and exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can also call in with your questions on this episode or any other at 404-369-2595 or email them to show at duconvert.com. You can also, as two people this morning did, uh, bright and early at 8 a.m., you can text me directly at 412-779-8758. And my favorite part when I reply back is they're like, holy crap, that was fast. Yes, that's that's what we do here at Do You Convert. That's right. <laughs> For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. We'll see you again probably in a couple days. Great. See ya. Thanks, see ya. Yeah.